from the Living Bread Radio Network and Look Up Here Productions, this is Open Your Hymnal, the show that explores the most beloved, enduring, and consequential songs we sing at Mass. Here are your hosts, Matt Reichert and Zach Stahowski. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Open Your Hymnal. Today, we are pleased to bring you this year's installment of our favorite episode of the year, our Lessons and Carols episode. Now, just like in past years, what we are about to bring you is a series of music for the Christmas season, along with readings from scripture and other reflections brought to you by friends of the show. In a special way this year, we want to highlight the voices of those whom we admire, frankly, our heroes. And so today you'll hear from the voice of pastoral musicians who have found creative ways over this last year to keep the church singing. You'll hear from students who have traversed the switch to virtual learning and online learning. You'll hear from the voice of healthcare workers who are on the front line protecting us and keeping us safe every day. And you'll hear from the voice of advocates who are giving voice to the voiceless who are calling forth for justice to be realized. And so, without further ado, we hope you will join us in prayer and reflection as we bring you the 2020 Open Your Hymnal Lessons and Carols. song. 
This line from the antiphon, O come, O come, Emmanuel, runs in my mind and heart throughout Advent. Its haunting melody at once evokes loneliness and longing. It expresses exile, an isolation that runs so deep it seems that no human presence can bring any comfort. That such a profoundly personal experience is attributed to the group of people we know as Israel never ceases to fascinate and move me, especially since I have been restless with loneliness and longing for most of my life. My own personal mourning in lonely exile is in many ways a repercussion of a lifelong battle with depression. I remember being caught in the throes of one particularly severe bout while I was in graduate school. I was sitting alone in my apartment, my head in my hands, feeling completely lost and alone, unable to think of one person to whom I could reach out. Only words could keep me company that night. I remembered a quote from one of the letters of Vincent van Gogh. In an attempt to describe his own struggle with loneliness, van Gogh wrote to his brother Theo, One may have a blazing hearth in one's soul, yet no one ever comes to sit by it. Passers-by see only a wisp of smoke rising from the chimney and continue on their way. I sat there, immobilized by grief, and thought about the blazing hearth in my own soul, the passion both of my innermost yearning and of my suffering in mental and emotional anguish. How desperately I wanted to think of someone who might be willing to follow the wisps of smoke through the chimney and find the fire within me and sit by it. I longed for a hearth, a home where I could dwell and flourish. I was in exile, deprived of any human presence that could get through to me, heal my broken heart, and release me from this prison. There was no one in my life who could be with me at that level. As my depression lifted, and I got older, I realized there probably never will be one person who could do all of these things for me, not unless I wanted a lifetime membership to Codependence Anonymous. But nevertheless, I learned a lot about feeling utterly alone and abandoned that night. Mourning and lonely exile turned out to be quite formative. Our experience of COVID-19 over the past year gave us an unexpected and unprecedented collective experience of longing and isolation. I think it offered us an opportunity to recognize that the gadgets and devices that we thought connected us, Zoom, FaceTime, texts, and direct messages, have some significant limitations. Yes, They make it incredibly easy to be in contact, but they cannot offer the communication, which literally means becoming one with, that humans long for. 
it confirmed for me what many of us have long suspected. Technological progress has created the conditions for loneliness. This recent experience reminded me of what I learned long ago. By embracing my own exile, I can learn a lot about the human need for God. In my yearning, I began to understand Emmanuel. God is with us. Yes, God was present to me during this suffering, whether I was aware of it or not. But I believe that God was with me and with all people who have an experience like mine in a much deeper sense. God was with me and Van Gogh and the wandering Israel in all of our longing because God yearns for union just as we do. This, after all, is what Advent celebrates and anticipates, the glory of the Incarnation, the awesome realization that God so desires to be with us that God is willing to take on human flesh to seek a deeper union with us. No higher level of academic learning or childlike sense of wonder can ever capture a mystery so great and so extraordinary. Our yearning for divine presence is united with God's longing for human presence. Though our longing for both divine and human presence seems so intense at times, it is only a glimpse of the longing that God has to be with us. As our drive to find community continues to be a struggle and the church persists in breaking our hearts, it may seem more challenging than ever to find a place to dwell with God. Yet, I believe that if we can attune our vision, we might find that God is right here, trying to break through to us, longing to be found. God is that blazing hearth in our midst, who shines out to us in the faces of loved ones and strangers, who reaches out in the mightiest waves of the ocean and the gentlest breezes in the desert, who calls to us in the cries of the broken and the shouts of the joyful, who yearns for us in the stroke of paint on the canvas or the crescendo of the song. We must continually beckon, O come, Emmanuel, and seek out a hearth, the intimacy that will free us from exile. But the truly glorious mystery is that God beckons us with a desire that far surpasses ours. God is with us, shining in the darkness of our deserts, gleaming as a bright morning star in our own nights of no loneliness, and radiating above our modern-day mangers as the promise of union both present and future. And this is truly a reason to rejoice, rejoice.
And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. The book of Mark, chapter 13, verse 37. This blessing could pound on your door in the middle of the night. This blessing could bang on your window, could tap dance in your hall, could set a dog loose in your room. It could hire a brass band to play outside your house. But what this blessing really wants is not merely your waking, but your company. This blessing wants to sit alongside you and keep vigil with you. This blessing wishes to wait with you. And so, Though it is capable of causing a cacophony that could raise the dead, this blessing will simply lean toward you and sing quietly in your ear, a song to lull you not into sleep, but into waking. It will tell you stories that hold you breathless till the end. 
It will ask you questions you never considered and have you tell it what you saw in your dreaming. This blessing will do all within its power to entice you into awareness because it wants to be there, to bear witness, to see the look in your eyes on the day when your vigil is complete and all your waiting has come to its joyous end. In the darkest times of life When our lights refuse to shine You are there, you are there When our hearts become like stone When we live without hope You are there, you are there Decay when our 
Exhaustion wears like an evil fiend, unbidden and unfamiliar. Not physical or mental weariness, which could each be mended by a nap and a prayer, but spiritual and emotional exhaustion that knows no rest, that finds no solace in supplication and is not quieted by sleep. God of disruption and disturbance, God of frayed memories and raw realities, this is your doing. I blame you. I thank you. Guide me through this exhaustion of spirit, this shedding of privilege. Sustain me within the tension of anti-racism, that I may feel it and learn from it, and not run from it, even while I long for a respite from this restless, aching conviction of all my error. Eternal God, help me find my way to true repentance an acknowledgement of all wrongs yoked with a changed life, without excuse or deflection, without selfish tears, that I may learn to be a disruptor and dismantler of all the isms that run counter to your way of peace with justice. Let this guilt turn to love and let love turn to action. Let me no longer be part of the problem. Let me no longer cause harm through bias and microaggressions. Let me no longer be silent about systems that privilege me and oppress others. Lord God, please let me live as a child of the light, and if it be your will, may I find rest in you.
Amen.
During this season of Advent, as we seek the peace of God and as we prepare ourselves to celebrate the coming of Jesus, find some time to go into the wilderness place. Find some time to dwell in the desert. You may not be able to go out to a physical place, especially in light of travel restrictions and social distancing practices brought about as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. But this season of Advent is an important opportunity to cultivate new spiritual practices and find a renewed sense of purpose in your life. The season of Advent is also an opportunity to connect with contemporary prophets, those in your own community, or those in other spheres of influence whose voices are crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. One such prophetic voice is the Poor People's Campaign, a movement seeking to build a moral agenda rooted in a framework that uplifts the deepest moral and constitutional values to redeem the heart and soul of this country. They declare that the moral public concerns of our faith traditions are how society treats the poor, women, LGBTQ people, children, workers, immigrants, and communities of color, as well as the sick. They advocate for peace within and among nations and the dignity and respect of all people. They are ultimately consumed with repairing the moral infrastructure of this country. Reverend Dr. William Barber, Reverend Dr. Liz Theo Harris, Reverend Alvin Jackson, and other leaders of this prophetic movement could be viewed in the same way that John the Baptist was viewed back in his day in the wilderness. As we see with John the Baptist, it was in raising his voice, calling for repentance, and carrying out tangible deeds, such as baptizing people, including Jesus in the Jordan River, that we see his true witness come to fruition. Talk is not enough. Being radical is not enough. Being different is not enough. Rather, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God and preparing accessible paths for those who have been left on the margins of society is one way through the wilderness. Come, Holy Spirit, may we know the power of water and fire.
The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. In coming to her, he said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at what was said and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Then the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of David his father, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Siguiendo 
The people who walked in the darkness have seen great light. Upon those who dwelt in the land of gloom, a light has shone. You have brought them abundant joy and great rejoicing, as they rejoice before you as the harvest, as people make merry when dividing spoils. For the yoke that burned in them, the pole on their shoulder, and the rod of their taskmaster you have smashed, as on that day of Midian, for every boot that tramped in battle, every cloak rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for flames. For a child is born to us, a son is given us, upon his shoulder dominion rests. They name him Wonder Counselor, God Hero, Father Forever. Prince of Peace. His dominion is vast and forever peaceful from David's throne over his kingdom, which he confirms and sustains by the judgment and justice both now and forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this.
Christ was born. Rise up, shepherd, and follow, 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 follow. Rise up, shepherd, and follow. If you take good heed to the angels' words, rise up, shepherd, and follow. You forget your flesh, you'll forget your hurts.
you for joining us for our annual Open Your Hymnal Lessons and Carols. We especially want to thank those who read for us, Audrey and Claire Reichert, Kate Williams, Latanya Clark-Chalmers, Genoa Arling, and Ivy O'Connell. We want to thank OCP and GIA for their continued support of our podcast. We, of course, want to thank all of you, the listeners, who make Open Your Hymnal such a wonderful community of liturgical musicians. If you haven't yet, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And so from me, from Matt, we're wishing you all and your families a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. You've been listening to Open Your Hymnal. All content of this episode is property of Look Up Here Productions or its content suppliers and is protected by United States and international copyright law. For more information about this show and its use, please visit OpenYourHymnal.com.